This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. We are working through a list of items from Thomas Watson on true repentance. We've talked about, he will say that there are six items or ingredients that are necessary for repentance to be true that we need to have a sight of sin we need to have a sorrow for sin and we've covered those two third a confession of sin which we're going to talk about in a minute fourth shame for sin fifth hatred for sin and six turning from sin so this whole idea of confession of sin, and there's confusion on what confession really is and what does it look like. Sometimes people will say things to me and as because I'm their pastor, and I'm like, hey, you do know we're not Catholic, right? So you don't need to confess your sin to me for me to absolve you. There are some matters that aren't necessary for you to confess to somebody else, you you can simply go to the throne of grace and confess your sins to your heavenly father and he will provide the absolution that you need not from me so let's help our listeners today and just talk through confession Um, we're going to just deal in some broad categories and then hopefully give some specifics that can help so the first is that confession is self-accusing so let's talk through what does that mean and then what are some helps with regard to that idea. And we've talked about saying you're sorry just to kind of get out of something. And uh, I think what Watson is getting at here is confession of sin is more than just saying, I'm sorry such and such happened, or I'm sorry that I did this. It's, as he you know, points out, it's we're sitting in judgment upon ourselves and we're casting a sentence upon ourselves. And it's where we are self-accusing ourselves of an actual sin that we've committed, not just saying, I'm really sorry about that. Yeah, I think there's an, there's an ownership and responsibility that's taken in this type of confession. It's not blaming other people or circumstances for right. that which we've done. There's no but to it. Yeah. If we, if we think back to the beginning of the Christian life, if we think back to the fact that, uh, you know, God regenerates us, makes us new creatures, grants us faith, the next thing is repentance and repent you know faith precedes that repentance and uh, in this sense repentance is thinking about sin the way god thinks about sin and so we begin to be self-accusing because we can recognize that this is outside of what god wills for my life and i'm i'm beginning to see those things in the light of who he is and what he and what a, a christian life would look like and that's why i think um when martin luther says when god calls us to repentance he means that all of life is repentance because we are continually seeing 
our activities, our thoughts, our patterns, and all those things in the light of of who God is. And so, yes, you know, uh, in that sense, they're self-accusing. Of course, that's a gift of God. God has granted us repentance so that uh, we have that ability. So it really does proceed from God, but in um, our own sense of uh, owning it, it is is owning that sin ourselves. It's it's recognizing it and doing more than uh, just passing judgment upon it. I mean, that's just part of it. That's a that and but that's an important part. You know that we pass a judgment on our sin. Yeah, if we go back to the first ingredient, sight of sin, right? Seeing sin as God sees it, like Jonathan said, then I think confession becomes the outward expression of that inward reality. And I think it's so important to just remember that that we ourselves have owned it. Yep. And it, we we weren't forced by somebody to own it. And I do think that that does make a difference with regard to the confession. Mm-hmm. We can't be coerced into something. Or caught. Yeah. 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 We can be, and that's well, yeah, sometimes for it the to be danger. genuine, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's it's something that needs to. We can't be forced to actually truly confess sin. And and I, this is the struggle of parenting when you're trying to teach your kids about owning sin and confessing sin, and and you know saying that they're sorry for that. You're you are trying to help them learn to own sin, but in some ways you're also. <laughs> forcing a confession <laughs> out of them. And so in some ways, the lights and <laughs> <clears throat> it's a hard road to walk, right? Mm-hmm. So we're trying to help them to own their sin, but at the same time, we're not helping them own their sin because we're forcing them to. So I, I understand what the struggle is. I'm, I was a parent with young kids, and, and I get that whole issue. But sometimes it, it, it's hard because you, you kind of are – indirectly teaching them not to own sin because you forced the confession out of them. But I understand why we do what we do, and so it, it's kind of a, a struggle for me. You know, I go back to, you know, the fact that the disciples asked the Lord to teach us to pray and, and that they wanted to know what, how to pray appropriately. And I, I think, like I mentioned yesterday on air, the, the book Valley of Vision about Puritan prayers, and people that are really wanting to find a language for their for their repentance and confession can be helped by something like this, mm-hmm. because you know you know the the Puritan is you know the prayer of confession. He's going to say, "Lord, I've sinned times without number. You know, I've been guilty of pride. I've been guilty of unbelief. I've been." I've failed to keep my mind in your word. I've neglected to seek you. I've, you know, my transgressions and shortcomings present me with a list of accusations. These are the things that accuse me. And he can go on and maybe list those things that accuse him and begin to talk, you know. So in this conversation that he has with, with the Lord in, in confession and repentance, he's actually, he is actually, you know, just not just speaking in generalities, you know, which is, one thing we do, we we just we can we can keep it in generality, so there's nothing specific. You know, you know, humanity I love, but people I can't stand. You know, there's a you know mm-hmm. I, I can love all of Amen humanity. To that. I can love <laughs> I can love all of humanity in a general way, but when I, when somebody says, well, what about your neighbor across the street? You know, so I mean, in in this sense, you know, that there's a there's a the this self-accusing that we're talking about actually is being a little more specific than just uh, generality. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know if the, what the practice is in your particular churches, but when I'm doing the congregational prayer, I try to use a, a framework to help shape the prayer. Um, so I <clears throat> use the acronym ACTS, Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, and Supplication. Uh, it, it It's not a requirement. I just find it helpful. Mm-hmm. I think that is at least in some ways modeling what the Lord taught in the prayer that he gave to the disciples. Those same characteristics are there. Mm-hmm. And for me... When we have a worship service, there is we we try to say, well, what are we learning about God from our text for the morning? And then from that, well, what am I learning about me? And then how then should I live in light of that? So when I'm structuring my pastoral prayer in my mind, when I get to the confession part, I want to be as particular as I can about sin. So you can talk in generalities, but I try to be as specific as I can in a corporate prayer setting, and I try to bring it back to the attribute of God that we're studying that day. Yeah, mm-hmm. And maybe nobody in my church even realizes this is what I'm doing. But then it allows me – I don't talk about all the sins that we've committed, mm-hmm. but I do try to hone in on an area of sin – that is being highlighted because of other things that we're going to talk about in the worship service. And I think that's important when we're confessing that we try to be own particular sins. And so I'm trying to model that. Is that something that you guys also do something like, well, or am well, I weird in this? Yeah, no. I think so. We, so we were, we were talking yesterday about the compassion and kindness of Christ yesterday. So when we were praying afterward, I, prayed over the congregation just lord forgive us for the times when we are not compassionate or not merciful toward the, toward the suffering mm-hmm. uh yeah i think that's a i think that's a healthy practice so that way as jonathan said you're not just always at the thirty thousand foot level of genuine or general repentance but actually examining your heart for the specific things god might be using his word to convict you of so we we have in our service a period of time you know, you know one of the acts of a worship service is is confession and uh, you know, to guide us to confession, we look back to the law of God, to an imperative in His Word, and then we then we come to the Lord in a prayer of confession about that. So we were taking the Ten Commandments and we were doing them individually each week. So for the ten weeks, we we've, we've gone through each one. We finished up with uh, you know covetousness, you know the mm. and uh, you know the gospel even. The, the in Luke it says, "Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of one's possessions." And so, how do I pray about covetousness? You know, so uh, you know, so then that prayer confession, we're saying, "Forgive me for my struggle to be content. Forgive my consuming desires that wants what my flesh wants, uh, and the world tells me I should have." We confess that such coveting has become an idol. We desire possessions, talents, influences, relationships, and prestige. Keep our hearts from being anxious for what we don't have and make us thankful for the numerous gifts that you've already given. Restore us the joy of your salvation. And so in a sense, we we can cover those things in a genuine way, in a way that might touch an individual in that, you know, so we're not, you know, so in that sense, the Prayer is not maybe specific to that same individual, but mm-hmm. there is enough in there that somebody should recognize what they what they need to confess. And I think then on, at the practical level for an individual, we should, as we come to the Lord in prayer, tender hearts sometimes can get bogged down into 
the nuts and bolts of the sin. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if that's necessarily healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, you are confessing individual sins, but I don't think you need to relive every moment of the sin in your confession. Yes, in some ways that's dangerous because yep. uh, you know the 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 vividness of the sin actually brings you back to the same, perhaps the same lust or the same thing that brought you into the sin in the first place. But what you're really trying to do is own it, own all of it, not just part of it. You don't make excuses for it mm-hmm. and lay that all mm-hmm. out so that it drives you to Christ. Yeah, in, in in one sense, you are you're talking about the offense to a holy God rather than um, this is what I did, this is what I did, this is what I did. You know, you you are you are talking about this offense to a holy God, Lord. I've offended you times without reason. I've sought things that you told me not to do. So, I mean, in one sense, it's trying to understand things from God's perspective. And if confession doesn't make Christ more dear to you, mm-hmm. then somewhere along the line, you've you've gotten off the rails in confession. Yeah. Mm-hmm. First, um, first John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then if you keep going into chapter 2, verse 1... Uh, well, he goes in 10, if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word not in us. But my little children, I'm writing you these things that you may not sin. Mm-hmm. Yep. But if we do, we have an, we have an advocate. advocate. We have an advocate. It brings mm-hmm. us to Christ. Yeah. Always close with Christ. Yep. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We'll see you next time.